0: Hello and welcome. Today we're talking about energetic boundaries, emotional boundaries, how we can develop healthy boundaries so that we can be autonomous, healthy, whole people, capable of moving through this world with all of the wild, strong energy and emotions that are in our environment and remain perceptive, sensitive, open to those energies and emotions without becoming subsumed by them, without being overwhelmed, crushed, flattened, or overtaken by them. This is something that has been a huge learning curve for me personally. As someone who grew up as a sensitive person that did not have very healthy boundaries, Um, I would easily feel overwhelmed or kind of um, crushed by the energy and emotions of other people around me. And because of this, I developed a couple of interesting coping mechanisms. One of them was to kind of develop a wall around myself, a really hard wall that would just keep me at, at a distance from the people around me. And to them, it would probably feel like a stoicism or a a lack of sensitivity, but it was actually a coping mechanism to deal with the intense sensitivity and vulnerability that was raw right here and could be so easily affected by the energy, emotion, beliefs, perceptions of others. Um... So yeah, I developed kind of a a rigid boundary that that wasn't very healthy. And another thing that I did a lot of was just isolate myself from people, even from the world overall. I spent years living alone in the woods um, and there were a multitude of reasons for that, but one of them was certainly that I was a sensitive person who didn't know how to be in this world with all of the harsh, negative, intense energy that didn't feel natural or normal to me. Easier for me to just go into the beauty of nature, easier, to me to, easier for me to just go and be alone and figure out how to hold myself together and not be overwhelmed by all of the intense energies of this world of relationships, uh, you name it. Um, and another thing I would do if there were like my top three coping mechanisms for being a sensitive person with, without clear boundaries. Um, the other thing I would do would be some version of what I think is a very common thing uh, is people just blend in to their environment. They, um, instead of having clear energetic boundaries, they take on the energy of the people and world around them. And I have, no, in my version of that, sometimes I, I would probably do that um Effectively, but more often than not, what I would do is just kind of water down who I was and become this kind of tuned out, tuned off version of myself. I would, um, kind of withhold my true expression. I would um, be a more muted, withdrawn version of Miles because it felt um, like to really express myself would uh, would be too big of a contrast with my environment. I was too weird. I was too different. I was too unique. and And it would have required a really solid sense of self and some solid energetic boundaries to be comfortable just being naturally who I am in an environment where that might feel really different, to be naturally myself when it felt like it would contrast everyone and everything around me. Now, in, in reality, it probably wouldn't stand out that much, and it probably doesn't. It probably just seems like a person who has some confidence, believes in themselves, and is different in a really wonderful and beautiful way. One of the consequences for me of being a sensitive person without healthy energetic boundaries, like I said, one of the consequences is that I spent a lot of time extricating myself from society and from relationships because I didn't know how how to be there without feeling all disoriented and um, twisted up. Um, so that was one consequence. Another one is that uh, I know that when my boundaries aren't healthy, when I'm collapsing my sense of self and taking on other people's realities and emotions, there's this energ- there's this anger that results. There's a frustration, a sense of being put upon. Now it's me that's collapsing my boundaries. So the person who I should be angry with is probably myself a lot of the time. Um, but my understanding of anger as an emotion itself is that anger is really associated with boundaries. It's the emotion that creates boundaries. In an expression of anger Often, what it does, um, kind of, uh, at the most practical level, is it establishes boundaries. If I express anger and I say, "Hey, leave that person alone," what I'm doing is I'm creating a boundary. If it doesn't even have to be connected to a verbal um, dialogue, I could just express a grunt of anger. I could say, "Hey," and then what does that do? it immediately communicates a boundary. And if I express anger at the wrong time in the wrong place, I'll communicate a boundary that steps over or violates someone else's boundary, and then they'll be triggered into expressing anger in response because they that anger that they're expressing is going to establish their boundary, and and that's what a conflict is. It's... <laughs> two people trying to uh, joust over boundaries. So one of the consequences for me of collapsing my boundaries is that I'll start to carry this residual frustration and anger and that can erupt or or kind of like get through in inappropriate moments often, you know, often that that frustration or anger will express itself uh, because a part of me just needs to express, I need a boundary, but it might come out at the worst time. It might come out uh, in the grocery lineup or somewhere where there's an innocent bystander. I guess, I think some people theorize that some road rage incidents are just people who have all of this suppressed uh, rage that's just erupting in a foolish, maladaptive setting. Um, so for me, one of the consequences of having a collapsed boundary is this edge, this resentment, this frustration, that's just this this, this um, subconscious thread running through me and permeating my existence. A brief story that um, kind of illustrates A huge lesson that I've learned with energetic boundaries took place ah, four or five years ago. I tell the story in my book, How to Open the Heart, and it's part of the big, long story that I share in that book. And in this one particular story, which I'm just going to do the kind of Cole's Notes version of here, I had a friend who was going through an incredibly bleak season of their life. Um, just a bunch of things were going wrong. An uh, illness was getting really bad. A relationship fell apart. Money was falling apart. And this person, uh, I was their primary support over a course of a couple months when life was just getting harder and harder and harder and harder. And I would talk to this person every day, sometimes for hours, offering support. And what happened is during this time, um, it it was as though their reality and my reality slowly blended within me emotionally or psychologically. I was in a very different place in my life. Um, Things were just a lot more simple and light and free, but because I was around this person so much with their pain and desolation, it started to feel like that was my reality. It was as though I watched... A scary movie over and over and a part of me forgot that I wasn't living in a scary movie so I just took on my friend's reality and it got to a point where it was affecting me so much I sat down one night and I decided to process some of the feelings that were going on in me I turned off the lights in my apartment I sat down and all of a sudden there was just this anger and frustration and rage that came out of me the moment I tuned in to my feelings. And uh, and I guess, like I was saying, that, that rage just wanted to, to establish a boundary, a sense of separation um, that I hadn't been holding for myself. I'd collapsed my boundary. I'd taken on this person's reality. And after raging and venting, I felt so good. I felt like 10 years younger. I felt light. I felt healthy. I felt free. I felt like myself. And I thought, oh man, maybe I should take a break from talking to my friend because it doesn't seem to be helping them and it doesn't seem to be helping me. And I talked to my friend about this and he shared a jewel of wisdom that really changed the way I looked at some very significant things. He said, Miles, you don't need to talk to me, you're free to walk away, and you will almost certainly feel better in the short term if you step away from supporting me as I'm going through all of this pain and devastation, um, but you won't be growing. You can walk away and you, you will almost certainly feel better in the short term, but you won't be growing and there's an opportunity for you to grow here, to learn how to hold yourself together, to hold light in the face of pain and confusion and devastation. And this is a big lesson for you. And I thought, damn, that's one of the most profound things I've ever heard. That's that's it. Yeah, that's... That's kind of one of my biggest lessons in life is to learn how to be in the presence of pain, fear, negativity, confusion, devastation, a lot of the difficult feelings that are just endemic to planet Earth and humanity upon it. To learn how to be in the presence of that, and maintain my sense of self, maintain a connection to this. Kind of deep connection to who I am and what I am as something that's distinct from what's going on in the immediate environment and I, I took on the challenge that my friend presented and um, and I did a, a lot of inner work and a lot of playing around with my emotions in that particular situation. One of the things I did is I did this visualization whenever I was going to talk to my friend. Before we talked, I would imagine this house. I would close my eyes and meditate, and I would picture this house. And the house represented my energy body, or my emotional body, or just my my psyche. And in the house, I constructed a separate room that kind of adjoined the house. And that was my friend's room. And whenever I was about to talk to him, I would imagine that separate room. And it had a glass wall that I could talk to him through. And that glass wall was a boundary that kept our energy separate from each other. But it also was transparent so I could still see him and connect to him and support him. And before I called him up, before we connected and talked during this period, I would picture the house, I would picture the room... I would know that it was his room, and then I would visualize him going into it when we started talking. And through that and a bunch of other things, I, I found that I started feeling really good during and after our conversations. And sometimes when we got off the phone, if I was feeling heavy, I would like turn on some music and dance in my apartment. And part of that... Well, that was fully intended to kind of restore my separate sense of self, to restore this contrast between what he was going through, his suffering, and then my life, which was very distinct and different at that time. And the amazing thing is, by by creating that separation between our energy, by by really reaffirming to myself, hey this is their reality, this is your reality, and um, really vigorously doing that, I was able to actually be way more helpful to my friend because I would be coming with a really different perspective. I would be contradicting. He might go on a monologue about how hopeless and negative his life was, and then I would gently, lovingly contradict him because I was maintaining a sense of separation I would be able to say hey I don't think what you just said is true I actually think that there might be a better a better way of looking at this do you mind if I share so I would be contrasting his his state and in by maintaining a sense of separation but still having a sensitive open empathic connection I could be way more helpful to him. So that separation, it's weird because a part of me thought, oh, I have to just, I have to kind of commiserate with this person. I have to become emotionally attuned to to them, um, or else I'm bad. If I'm maintaining my sense of kind of buoyancy and this totally distinct reality, then that's somehow bad. When in reality, by maintaining my, my sense of buoyancy, my sense of integrity, my sense of separation, while still being present, I was way more capable of serving and helping and providing support to my friend. And in the years since then, I think I've gotten a little bit better at doing this. I don't have to always do kind of visualizations and um, those kind of practices in order to play with these variables to kind of reaffirm to myself my, my autonomy and my sense of separation when I'm around really big, intense energy that's going on in other people. And I still stumble and fall, and I'm still very sensitive, so sometimes I can just absorb other people's feelings like a sponge, and it can be very disorienting. But I've learned that that's okay. You can just let it go as easily as you soaked it up. If I were to share what has been kind of like the most helpful piece of wisdom, developing healthy energetic boundaries and emotional boundaries for myself it um i think it's being connected to having a really solid sacred sense of self when i have a really solid sense of self um it's it's like the fast track to having good boundaries and Having a, a deep sense of who I am and a relationship with this really solid, deep, sacred sense of self, it provides an anchor that I can hold on to as I go through this world, and there's all of these intense, different energies, and sometimes they're really negative. Sometimes they're really convincing. Sometimes they're just strong as hell, and it's like, whoa. And um, knowing who I am, which is an, like kind of a lifelong journey, I guess, kind of discovering and rediscovering who I am, um, but having, having something to, to hold on to there makes it a lot more possible to move through the world and not feel like all of these different energies are going to scramble my identity or that I need to push them off and have walls or be defending myself constantly because I lack a strong sense of self and and the boundaries that that creates psychologically. So to me, the fast track to having healthy boundaries is um, this sacred sense of self. And this is still an enormous frontier of, of learning for me. Um, I hope you enjoyed this video. And if you did, let me know. Uh, Leave a comment, like, subscribe. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can rate the podcast. You can find me on social media and you can find info about my book, How to Open the Heart, an incredible journey into vulnerability, empathy, and the transformation of consciousness in the links below. And until next time. I hope that you have a beautiful day.